Motherhood. It starts from the moment of conception. Infertility, miscarriage, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, mommy life. Let's unzip it all. I want to let you know you aren't alone. Revealing Monthly Mommy Matters. Every month, IG Live Conversations with Moms. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome in. I'm, I always say this. I know every time I come on here, I say the same thing, that I'm excited. Hi, Janice. Hi. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Janice is my blood cousin. Can you tell we look alike? <laughs> I actually saw, um, for those who don't know, I've been fasting. So I've been fasting Instagram as well. Just have my schedule post going. But I did, when I jumped on, I did see somebody made a comment about them looking at the post and the first thing they said is oh they must be related before even looking at the caption <laughs> so yes we are related we are related but thank you janice for agreeing to come on and share your story i'm just trying to say hi to all these people coming in um to share your story i know i don't think i know the full story but i know majority of it so some of this yeah. may be a little new to me but I know uh, as we kind of talk about things before we get there, let's, let, let's introduce you. How about you introduce yourself to the people? <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Janice. I am 10 days number one show on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jamaican, living in Jamaica. I'm a mommy and a wife and a Christian. And... I think that's it. <laughs> multiple different hats that she wears. Multiple different hats. But for the, the sake of the, this conversation, those are the things that are, you know, beneficial. But kind of let's get into your story. So talking about, you know, we're going to talk about pregnancy and then getting into your birth and your delivery and then transitioning into motherhood. So I know you said that you had a pretty decent pregnancy no issues no nothing i mean I, I didn't have anything that was like an emergency issue um when we got pregnant and it wasn't automatic i wasn't one of those persons who accidentally got pregnant or we just said we we're gonna start trying and then boops got pregnant that wasn't my journey but when we mm -hmm. did get pregnant um i had what they call morning sickness and that lasted about four, four and a half months. But it wasn't just in the morning. It was all day. So that's the first lie. <laughs> it's Ooh. not morning sickness for a lot of us. For a lot of us, it lasts all through the day. I'd wake up at night and I'd be like wanting to reach and wanting the relief of being able to do it. And just nothing ever came out. So those first four and a half, four, four and a half months were like maybe the roughest part of the pregnancy um up until it was time to give birth um i had taken my maternity leave early because i was in a very high stress job and it involved driving to and from court walking upstairs multiple <laughs> levels of stairs because elevators weren't really in use at that time um and I felt like, you know, I just wanted to relax. So I took maternity leave three weeks earlier 
Um, and before that, I would have been working out of my home for two weeks before that, which doesn't really happen at that time in Jamaica. So I and how long ago was this, Janice? Like, how old is your is your my, baby boy? My son is six. He's six. So this would have been seven years ago. If we're mm -hmm. not that old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, I had him at 40 weeks and one day. Well, not, not so, so far off from 40, 40 <laughs> weeks and three days. <laughs> yeah, so full term. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yes, yes, Kimmy, four and a half months of morning sickness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but pregnancy, I, can't, I really can't complain. Um, I didn't have high blood pressure. I didn't have like back pain or, you know, swollen feet or whatever. It was pretty decent. Um, if I was nervous about something, I'd scare myself even more by looking it up on the internet. But apart from that, there wasn't really anything. Um, we didn't know he was a boy until pretty late because he kept hiding and we had to do like mm -hmm. a 40 ultrasound in order to find out what he was. Um, and that would have been when I saw his face on the ultrasound scan thing. What's that called? A scan okay. thing, picture, whatever it is. Right. <laughs> it would have been, I don't know. It would have been um, the second time I'd seen his face because I actually had a dream where I saw his face and I was told his name. And I woke up and I woke my husband up and I was bawling and he's like, what? <laughs> but then I was just like, I saw his face. I saw his face. I know his name. So going to get the ultrasound. Face, did you, when you saw his face, did you see his face as a baby or did you see his face as a baby? Okay. Okay. Face as a baby. Yeah. 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 So we agreed to use the name that came, because it was just his first name that came to us in the dream. And then his godparents actually gave us his middle name that chose from like a list of things that we were looking at. But that's just background. Um, like I said, I did not have a bad pregnancy, yeah. but I did have an instinct, a feeling... I don't know what it is, discernment from God, I don't know, um, that labor and delivery was going to be rough, right? So I said to my husband when it was coming close to that time that in the event that he needs to choose between me and our son, he needs to choose our son. And I was just like, yo, you have to promise me. And he's like, all right, I promise you. I don't know if he went to promise, but he said he promised me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I literally said to him, once he comes out, you follow him. You leave me and you follow him. Yeah. Right? Um, that said, on a Friday um, evening, I started to feel cramps. And um, I had been losing my mucus plug slowly from like the week before or the week, that week, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I went to the bathroom and I thought I saw what would have been the beginning of my water breaking, but it was literally trickling, like nothing big, nothing like what you see in the movies. Yeah, that did yeah. not happen to me. Um, and because we don't live close to the hospital where I was planning to deliver, um, we left and went 
Do we go to the hospital right away? Um, we were time with the contractions and we were in touch with my doctor. Mm -hmm. And based on the contraction, she said I should go to the hospital. Went to the hospital, um, nothing happened. Went back home to my parents' house, slept, and woke up the next day. More pain, more contractions, barely any fluid. Um, pain sped up, contractions sped up, mm -hmm. and went back to the hospital. They shaved me and everything, and then everything slowed down. Came back out of the hospital. <laughs> Went in again. Yeah, man. Drama. Went in again on Sunday. And at that time, they were just like, all right, well, your pain levels are really very high. Um, your contractions are consistent. So at that point, they were like, I'm going to strap the belt around you, and we're going to monitor what's happening with the baby. Yeah. And then the equipment failed. What? <laughs> Yeah, the equipment failed. And at that point, they weren't able to measure my contractions. But I had told my doctor, I don't want pain medication. I don't want an epidural. I want to do a natural birth because I'm here feeling like I'm a ninja. <laughs> First baby. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm going to ninja this out. Natural <laughs> birth, no pain meds. So Sunday night, um, nothing happening. Monday, everything started to speed up, right? This is um, from Friday. Now we're, my we're at Monday. Okay. So everything's starting to speed up. Um, I'm thinking, okay, cool. I spent the night, I slept, I wake up. I'm going to have this baby today. 12 o'clock, nothing. 2 o'clock, nothing. I am maybe three centimeters dilated at this time. They're like, okay, if nothing happens tonight, we're going to induce you. Now, the lady who was in the room next to me, she was induced. And she was over there bawling. Mm. I'm already in pain. And I'm just like, mm, do I, I really want to be induced? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the rest of my water finally came out. Okay. Um, and this was about quarter to six. Things started to speed up. I actually lost feeling in my legs. And because I was in pain for so long, I was literally shaking. So like I was shaking. Mm -hmm. Around 6.15 thereabouts, um, I started to throw up, right? At this point, she's like, okay, I'm going to give you like the liquid version of Panadol to help you manage your pain. Um, couldn't feel my legs couldn't feel a certain part of my hand. Um, Hold on. Can, let me say something. So you're experiencing all this pain. And yes, I know you want to be like superwoman. I'm going to do this all natural. You didn't say, okay, no, enough of this. Give me the, the epidural. Like there was none of that at all. The, before you went numb, none of that. Okay. I, asked, I remember specifically asking her for more painkiller. And she was like, there is no more to give you in the form that you want. We'd have to give you the epidural. And I was just like, yeah, no. No thanks. Um, so anyways, I am being now taken to the living room. They're setting me up and they're telling me push. 
Um, after an hour of pushing and nothing happening, yeah, nothing was happening. Um, he was engaged. She kept saying that she could see him. Um, I was pushing, throwing my head to the side, throwing up, pushing, head to the side, throwing up. My husband now was at the point where he was behind me, holding me up because I didn't have enough strength to hold myself up and push. Long story short, um, she had to slice and dice me, go on and because remember, he's already down there. She can see his head, so it's not the candor C-section. It's true. Status. Definitely passenger status. So... (laughs) (laughs) um so then she's like okay well forceps takes the forceps and now this is the point where i can literally say to you i'm not feeling any pain the pain has gotten to a point where i'm at the crest and i'm just not feeling any pain and she is just like she sliced me this way and this way got the forceps and pulled him out Right, and at this point, he wasn't crying because he didn't have enough oxygen, so they went, they were resuscitating him, and she was trying to stop me from bleeding out. Right, so I can't remember anything between the point when they took Ben, I don't remember seeing anything, I just remember hearing um, his pediatrician, his my sister in law, saying, Cry, let mommy hear you, and then I heard him. And then I was just like, all right, cool. The next thing I remember was when I was being stitched up. She had given me some sort of local anesthesia, mm-hmm. but typical fashion, it didn't work. So I was feeling when the needle went in. Yeah. I went in, yeah. So mm-hmm. remember that. Um, and then I don't remember anything else. I remember being in a room. A hospital room and my husband coming in and saying he's okay he's okay we'll have a child we'll have a child and then I did not see my child until the next morning so I woke up the next morning and I just saw like seven nurses around me and just being like they were saying to me we're happy you made it Wow. So I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> but my later on, when I'd go back for my six week checkup with a doctor, she said to me, This is literally the worst and hardest experience I've ever had with anybody. And in the moment, I didn't know what was happening um, in terms of with my body, but all of my vitals were low, all of my levels were low. I wasn't able to get discharged from the hospital for a couple of days. Um, but it was, it didn't hit me until later. So all of this is happening to my body. I don't know what kind of emotional state I'm in. I haven't seen or held my child at this point. Yeah. Um, I see, so at this point I'm seeing Miguel hold a baby and then I, maybe lunchtime, they're bringing the, the cot in with our son. And he was laying on his side and I was laying on my side. Cause you know, like you're swollen. Yes. You have ice packs all over you. They're yep. trying to, I'm still bleeding. Um, and not the bleeding that happens after, but like I'm still bleeding from delivery. Yeah. Um, 
and they are trying to make me as comfortable as possible but I'm literally on ice <laughs> and um obviously they would have had to feed him by this time yeah and I couldn't hold him yet but when they did give him to me I felt nothing um and I said to myself what's what's going on you know yeah. I I wanted a child. We didn't accidentally get, you know, whatever. I wanted a child. I loved having him in my belly. Um, and it was, like I said, uneventful pregnancy. Um, and then the nurse who came to get him after they had put him on me was saying to me, she basically, she said, you're not going to be able to breastfeed. Mm. Mm. And I'm already <laughs> don't get me started on that. <laughs> I'm already at the point where I don't know what's going on in my body. Um, I've barely seen my child. I am realizing that he had to be resuscitated. Oh. Um, I'm realizing that. I mean, they're coming to me and saying, we're happy you're alive. Mm. <laughs> and I'm just dealing with all of that, plus the overwhelm of not having my baby in my stomach um, and not seeing him. Hearing them say that um, we're happy you're alive, like, obviously, you know, okay, there was some difficulty. You know that, but you don't know the extent of what the, why they keep saying. I'm happy you're alive. What does that mean? Like, why do you keep saying that? And I'm sure right. it's like, it's now saying, maybe even months later, it's now clicking and saying, I went through this, <laughs> right? Yeah. Six weeks, you're still, it still hasn't hit you to say what exactly happened, right? And so it didn't hit me until months later. <sighs> you know? And um, I think, so my mother told me that she was in labor with my older brother for almost 36 hours. Um, but it was just labor, right? It wasn't like, you know, whatever. But she did tell me that the worst thing that a woman ever does to her body is deliver a child. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So the changes that your body goes through Though your body is made for it, it's literally the biggest difference in your body that you'll ever feel. Mm -hmm. And it never comes to you all at once. Um, you have women that, I'd hate to use the word bounce back, but they feel closer to normal fast or quickly. And yeah. then you have the women that don't feel closer to normal quickly. And I don't really hear people talking about that. And we need to. We need yeah. to because it, it's it's actually more common than you think, but everybody thinks that you no, know, it's just a me problem because yeah. they don't care about it, right? So yeah. it's it happens, it happens. So um, because my levels were low, my hormone levels were low, my oxytocin was low. Um, they had to be giving me medication to bring them back up. Mm -hmm. um, so of course that affects my 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 supply, but. Um, after that nurse said what she said, 
I couldn't handle it. So I literally broke down. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband, God bless him, got very, very involved and basically complained is a light word. So <laughs> um, and you know, she came back in and she apologized on behalf of the nurse and she took her off of my my um room mm-hmm. route and she showed me, you know, the different placement for breastfeeding and she said to me if nothing comes out now and the chance is that nothing is going to come out now because your body's still recovering from what you went through yeah. you still have to put the baby on yeah. number one it brings up your oxytocin levels mm-hmm. and it will help you come out of the hospital faster and then number two if you do breastfeed this will help to start the process yes Mm -hmm. So I didn't have any colostrum for the first eight, nine days. So nothing was coming out. Mm -hmm. So they taught us how to bathe him. They taught us how to dress him and take care of him, how to make him sleep. You're talking about the nurses or kind of going to one of the questions that I have, but do you guys have lactation consultants there to help you or is it just strictly nurses and nurses are the ones that pretty much do everything that a a lactation consultant would do um the nurses but you do have nurses at particular hospitals that are also lactation consultants but they're kind of few and far between okay and they're overworked understood yeah yeah so um when I did get home and I did take him home, at that point we were cup feeding where um, they put, you know, milk into the top of a cup or the very, very small cups. And you mm-hmm. literally just tip it into their mouth, right? And when I finally started producing milk, um, it wasn't a lot, but mm-hmm. it was enough for me to feel like, okay, I can feed him from myself and I can feed him from the bottle. Yes. And we supplemented the entire time, but I breastfed for a little over a year. Good, 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 good. No, that's good. And that was one of my questions which you answered is, how was your delivery experience affecting your milk supply? Do you remember, I know you said you didn't get any claustrum until eight days later, but do you know, do you remember typically how long it took for your milk to actually come in? Um, about two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. But you know, you can say that you breastfed. Doesn't matter if you supplemented, you breastfed. Yeah. And as you hear Janice talk about this, I have to share a story here. So, um, I don't <laughs> you know what you're going to say. September, January, February, March. Was it March? I think it was March that we went. Seven months. I think he was seven months. Beans was seven months. Um, and every year. So, uh, apart from obviously COVID and the year before that. Um, actually, it's been, I don't think we've, we've gone on a trip since I've gotten married. Maybe. I, I, anyways, so every year, um, my aunt, Janice, my mom, and I, we go on a trip to Miami. It's, for whatever reason, it has always been Miami. <laughs> We've tried to go <laughs> places, but it ends up being Miami. Yeah. And 
I remember um, Seth, he was seven months and she went, you know, to Miami with, with my aunt and myself, my mom. And I mean, I didn't have any kids, obviously. So I don't, I know about breastfeeding, but like how it actually happens, I didn't understand. <laughs> so I see Janice, she had a pump and she's pumping the breast milk. And I'm like, that's, I was so fast. <laughs> like milk actually come out of your breast like i hear it but it, i can see it <laughs> it's cool it's cool like it's very cool it is but even outside of that the fact that i don't know moms if you know this those who have breastfed but when you hear a baby cry or you see something that reminds you of your baby and you just start leaking we were in the mall <laughs> and janice heard a baby and it's like bam <laughs> it's yeah. not baby she just hears a baby it, it it's honestly it's so funny how our body works it's so funny and, and fascinating all at the same time yeah you know you, you can leak at the sound of something there's phantom cries where you know you be in the shower you hear your baby crying you go check in they're fast asleep so many things happen to our body but now as you enter into like motherhood, so now you're going through your breastfeeding, you're going, you're in motherhood. How would you say your opinion of what, what you thought motherhood was like? Cause you said, you know, you always want to be a mom. You envision like having your children. Now you're actually in it. Was your idea of what you thought motherhood um, was going to be like actually how it was when you entered into it? And what are some of those things that you thought versus what was reality? Um, yes and no. So yes to spending time getting to know who your child is. I love that part. Mm -hmm. So I love like watching a child's personality develop. So even like when they're very, very small and they can't talk yet and, you know, they can barely express themselves. I always feel like children are so opinionated and yes. uh, if they get a chance to express it however they need to express it then I find that so fun to watch so that for me was pretty much the same um because I knew how to take care of babies and it was take care of newborn um whatever stage because I always wanted kids so I made myself learn right mm, um awesome. what I was not prepared for was how consuming it is right and how very easy it is to lose your identity to mm -hmm. motherhood so because I took so long to kind of feel that this was my child um, I had a very serious disconnect in my mind emotionally um with my son for that period mm -hmm. and if i couldn't figure out what was wrong or if i i don't know i felt like i i, I couldn't understand him or I didn't do something right or if i had pressure coming from something else yeah it made me kind of feel useless mm -hmm. for want of a better word um and 
my my mother was literally my crutch holding me up but when she went home in the evening um and before my husband would come back from work i'd be alone with the baby yeah and that for me was the hardest time because i didn't have anybody to explain what was happening yeah, yeah. so sometimes they call it a witching hour but he had reflux so in the evenings especially um he would just cry for an hour every evening he would cry for an entire hour my god right and i'm alone in with the baby so this is between maybe 4 30 and 5 30 5 to 6. yeah every evening for four months right and i remember one day in particular I just sat him in the crib, laid him down on his side, and he was bawling, and I was just bawling. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And I was saying to myself, <clears throat> I don't know <laughs> how to handle this. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to handle this. And then, because I was so consumed in that moment, I held on to it. I didn't express it. I didn't ask for help. And it made all the other moments that much harder. Yeah. So I would just sit in a corner when he's sleeping. Or if I'm outside of the house, I'd find a corner by myself. And I'd just cry for no reason. Mm-hmm. I would wake up multiple times at night and think I hear him crying. But he's not crying. He's fast asleep. I'm just hearing the echoes of him crying earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that your... Um experience with delivery impacted everything that was happening obviously you can't you can't stop him from crying for that hour right but your reaction and the way that you felt towards him because obviously when you first had him you you did have a disconnect originally and then obviously it grows into that so all of that being added your delivery the disconnect all of that do you think that it impacted the way that you really felt for these four months especially Oh, definitely. Um, when I got home from the hospital, washed everything. But what I wore to give birth in, I could literally smell the blood, right? Yeah. As I lost on that table, yeah. right? But there, there, it wasn't a smell. Like the smell was not there. But I had to throw it out. So literally everything I took to the hospital with me, yeah. I had to throw it out. Um, and it kind of felt like he wasn't mine because, like I said, I, I made it my business to bear own babies. I've been babysitting since I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have somebody in my life who has a baby, I want to be there. I want to bear on the baby. Love being around the baby. And yeah. my friend had had babies um, months before me. So... It felt like I was taking care of a baby, but it didn't feel like he was my baby. Yeah. And then because I felt bad for, in my mind, I was suffocating him and I couldn't push him out. Mm. It took a while. Yeah. It took a while. 
So I remember one day it finally happened and I finally connected with him. And the overwhelming feeling, because remember, there are several things that are happening at this time. Um, and my doctor explained it to me a little bit. If you are in prolonged labor and you can't expel the baby yourself and the baby is pulled from you, it can affect how quickly your hormones come back, right? Mm -hmm. So you would have heard me mention my oxytocin levels were very low. Yeah. That actually makes you a higher candidate for postpartum depression, which I didn't realize I had. My mother realized that I had it. So she was very, very instrumental in letting me get pockets, even though I had a baby, of time where I wasn't being defined as a mother. Good. So going on that trip at seven months was one of those things. Mm -hmm. um, forcing me out of the house to go and watch a movie at like when he was a month old, she says three hours and come back home. So yeah. even though I'm dealing with that tremendous um, guilt, I already feel like I'm suffocating my child mm -hmm. <laughs> or I have suffocated my child. I'm not yeah. feeling I connect. Um, I can't sleep properly. Um, other things that are going on, she really pushed me to experience good things outside of motherhood. Mm. And I think that was really like my husband, my mother, and my, my family in general, my brothers, my daddy, were really, really the ones who kind of pulled me out of that place. Yeah. And whenever I think about a woman who has just given birth and she's literally by herself, I'm always just like, I know I would not have survived without my community. Yeah. I don't know how that woman is doing it, you know? And when, and that's why it hurts me when people don't emphasize the important role of a father, right? Because he's not just holding the baby. A good partner makes you and the baby a priority in mm -hmm. your most vulnerable time. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, the, the most damaging thing, the most shocking thing you can do to your body is give birth. Yeah. You know, so even if you don't have like a partner, there has to be somebody that you depend on to pull you through because a lot of these things are happening to you and to your body and your mind and you're trying to care for your child and it's very easy to not care for yourself. Mm -hmm. And especially at a time where it's not just caring for baby because you know, like you said, you're, you're a wife. So you have the duties of a wife, you know, still even taking care of the house, you and your partner still taking care of the house. But outside of that, you're healing. Yeah. A, a woman in general that's given birth, whether C-section or vaginally, you are healing. And with your experience, it wasn't a normal experience. No. So it's, and even just thinking about how long it would have taken you to heal from such a traumatic 
birth experience. Like, I'm sorry, the way that you got cut is <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's it did not, not take six weeks. <laughs> I can't tell you that much. It did not take six weeks. Oh my! And even after that, like I know months later, you're still you're, you were still dealing with things from birth. You can say, yeah, my child is you know seven months, eight months old, but you're still healing. Your yeah. insides are actually trying to get themselves yeah. back to the Mm-hmm. right it's it's not it's not easy and like you said some um that's one thing that um Adrian and I talked about we had a baby during COVID that's hard yeah. I had mom here with me for a week and a half which was great you know she made sure that we ate and that you know Adrian go sleep Tenley go sleep you know plus you know baby sleep most of the time anyways but going through that process of learning to um, breastfeed and that's uh, like my story can be told another time and those who have heard it then you're, you're aware of it but there's so much going on of you're figuring out how to breastfeed you're also trying to heal um there's postpartum depression involved in this you know you're also trying to say okay i'm trying to figure out my child it's a lot that we go through it's not just physical hormonal um changes that are happening within us it, bleeding <laughs> Yeah, it, it's not nice. It's not nice. I mean, you can't you can't sit down the same way you used to sit down before. It's not. <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> like you're literally in agony. <laughs> yeah, and you want to hold your baby, and you're like you're holding your baby certain ways, and you're like hey, don't move because I gotta move, and if I move right now, oh, I. It's it's it, the journey is not easy, and I think that. Um, those who, who may be on here that don't have children, understanding that it's not just saying, okay, you know, I have a child, a child's born, and then there's nothing else. There's a process that your body goes through in terms of healing. There's hormonal changes that happen. Some people experience baby blues. Some people experience postpartum. Some people don't experience anything at all. Um, yeah. But hearing these stories is also to say, your experience doesn't necessarily is not necessarily going to be what Janice's experience was, but understanding that there's things that also happen with giving birth that we don't talk about. And I'm glad we're having a conversation like this. And you mentioned just community, having um, your family around to help you get through postpartum depression, help you even heal, help you remember that you're not just a mom. Yes, you just had a baby, but you're not just a mom. You're, you're responsible for yourself as well. And you and I have had this conversation where you even told me, like, I, I, I truly enjoy motherhood. I never wanted children. Now I have a son. And I'm like, whoo, motherhood has clearly brought me into a whole different person that sometimes I forget to think of myself. What do I need to do? What, when do I need to step away? But for moms who don't have anybody around, especially during COVID, yeah. I, I can just imagine mentally, physically, um, what like what's happening i don't know if you know anybody that has had um, a child during covid and what their experiences are like it's it's not it's easy. it's hard like i literally was being held up by my husband yeah but now you have hospitals who are just like yo no no partner inside so i can't imagine you going through something that is very scary yeah. You know, when we come down to it, because I'm not in a rush 
to go back into that delivery room because of that experience, right? I would love to have more children. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to be smart about it. I have to be in a place mentally and emotionally for yeah. me to be able to go there. And then it's not just about me and how I feel. My husband watched me break, you know, and that's had an impact on him. Yeah. And he has to be in a place emotionally and mentally to potentially go there again. But God forbid that if we do go there again, that this um, experience is repeated. Mm -hmm. But um, the fact of the matter is not everybody's journey is the same because I would have spoken to girlfriends who gave birth before and they were just like, yeah, you know, little pain, you push. And then, you know, you sit in a sits bath for a couple of weeks, a week, a couple of days, and then you're fine. You know, and that was their experience. Right? It doesn't invalidate their experience that they had an easier time, easier, <laughs> not easy, easier time yeah. than me. But um, I, it always seems to me that we're talking about, you know, people who, women who have these quick births and then they're out and they're fine, mm -hmm. you know? I've never heard anybody speak about what happened to me. Um, and I haven't met anybody who has shared that they would have gone through postpartum depression with yeah. me. Yeah. You know, but I think it's important to know what the signs are, um, which are, we don't have to go through that now because you would have discussed some of those last week. Yeah. But, um, know what the signs are, know how to be supportive, um, try to help mommy connect with baby, but it will happen eventually. Go into it with an open mind if you are pregnant, um, because what can happen is scary, but what you get out of it is beautiful. Yes. Um, and try to build a community if you don't have one when you're pregnant and if you don't have a partner going through it because sometimes <laughs> men just don't do it some men you know yeah. um literally say to somebody i need you to be my partner yeah you and know? with that because there's some men that will probably like my husband is a different kind of husband he wants to be down there cutting the holding baby everything but there are some men that just say i can't handle that i can't i can't i don't want to see what's happening down there um i don't want to see that transformed because i'm not used to it looking that way <laughs> like there's many different things and there's nothing wrong with that to say you know what i need somebody that's going to be be in the room with me that's going to be supportive do you mind if my mom comes in are you okay with if my sister comes in if so and so comes in and it's it's understanding that it's not to say that you're not good enough, but I'm going through something that is life changing and I need support. I need somebody who's going to, you know, hold my back and allow me to push. I need somebody who's not going to be passing out on the floor and I'm concerned about them while I'm giving birth because we've heard of, we've heard, I've actually heard a story. I have to share this. I actually heard a story <laughs> um, where the husband the husband um <laughs> i'm laughing to myself as i think about it the husband was in the room and i don't i don't remember i think he was falling asleep or something and during uh, the birth 
No, so she was in labor, but he was he was falling asleep. He was falling asleep for whatever reason. I can't remember what the comment was. I can't remember what the comment was, but he while she was actually going at, at this point, she's finally going through labor, and he said he was oh he said he was tired and he wanted to sleep or something, and she started pushing, and he's like at least you're, at least you're laying down in the bed, <laughs> and she's like excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> bed pushing this child through get out and he's like at least they're laying down so now when they talk about it like they can laugh about it okay the foolish the foolish comment foolish comment but that's all when we learn right we're all growing and we're all learning But I wanted to kind of before because I know we're almost an hour, fifteen minutes, but that's fine. I wanted to just talk about um, in in terms of like family history. If you know you experience your experience, do you know how um, Auntie went through it? Like what her birth birthing three children, what that was like. Were there was there anything that she um went through that was similar to what you went through i know you talked about the labor so the 36 hours for for her with um my older cousin but in regards to anything else were there any similarities um she did have baby blues when she had her first child um but she she experienced community from her church so the older ladies in her church they didn't ask to show up, right? And it, that actually inspired her to do what she does, which is she literally goes to women that, you know, just gave birth and she teaches them how to breastfeed and take care of themselves. So that's what, that's what I like about her, those two things, how to take care of yourself as a new mother and mm-hmm. how to breastfeed and take care of your child. She, she's really very good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, she had three kids. Her first one was the longest. Um, and she said it was painful, but, um, when she had me, she wasn't able to, that I came before they were able to clean her up. Um, so I was fast. So Carl was very long (laughs) and I was fast. I came early and I was fast. Um, so she felt the first contraction like 11 o'clock at night. And I came at 1 a.m., right? So between contraction, getting ready, um, going to hospital, my father was preaching outside a parish. So he didn't need, I was born before he came to the hospital. <laughs> so it did, yeah. So her, you couldn't wait for your father, Janice? Apparently, and I love him so much, right? <laughs> apparently not. Um, but, and then her last delivery was quick but she said painful and the level of pain that she had with him she said she knew that that was her last child because she wasn't really okay (laughs) (laughs) but um as far as similarities go no um just in terms of the length of labor so i was anticipating a long labor um which is again why i didn't want the epidural because i felt like I was an angel, 
And if, <laughs> if I was going to get the epidural, then it wouldn't make sense because it would slow down things and I, would, or I was already going to take long, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I did take long. But, you know, um, I am concerned that if I do have another child, I may not be able to push. But as I speak to more women who would have you know, pushed out a child or gotten a C-section, they're like, don't put so much pressure on yourself to have this Hollywood version of a hippie birth. Um, mm-hmm. Because at first I did want a water birth, but even if I had planned a water birth, I would not have been able to have a water birth, Yeah, you know, um, because of what happens. And I yeah. think that's what we need to realize the first thing about motherhood about being a parent is you have a lot less control than you think you do like literally (laughs) and that's the thing is that um some mothers that i've talked to is like you there's nothing wrong with planning there's nothing wrong with having like your birth plan whatever but you also have to be willing to say if it comes to it to throw that birth plan out of the way because you if your mind is stuck on one thing and if it doesn't happen that way, you're going to be distraught and trying to focus on that. And also another thing that I, that I learned is I know they typically say, like you said, the epidural kind of slows things down. Um, but for my case, it actually went quicker. And I think that it went quicker for me, which is when, when talking to some like midwives, is because a lot of times when we're going through pain, we tense up. We're tensing so much and we're going through all of this that it, 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 when you relax your body is when baby comes down and it's easier. So I know when I got the, between the time I got the epidural, they had told me that I was going to, I think it was like maybe eight or eight, eight or nine o'clock when I got the epidural and they're like, okay, you got the epidural, you know, slows things down a little bit. Um, I was five centimeters at this time. So, you know, we're expecting baby to be born about 9 a.m., 10 a.m. No. Next day? That's how long it takes? Well, that's what they, that's what they were predicting in my case. Wow. So I'm like, five centimeters, you're predicting 9, 9, 9 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, all right, fine. So they're like, get some rest. That was not what happened. Baby was born at 1.57 a.m. <laughs> it was doctor was going to go do a c-section you know they said okay we're about to go do a c-section let me let me just check you out they checked me out they're like oh you're 10 centimeters okay we're we're, we're coming now a c-section gonna have to wait baby's coming now so sometimes that's another thing to consider is that yes they say typically it's, it can slow things down but if you're tensing so much and you're in so much pain you're not allowing your body to relax to let baby come yeah so it's um not make making sure that you're not so focused on this plan that I'm not going to do this. And I'm not saying everybody has to get an epidural by no means. I know there's some people who definitely want to do things natural. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. try relaxing, relaxing your body and stop thinking about, Oh my gosh, am I going to tear? Am I going to do that? Cause that was one of my thoughts. Am I going to tear? Am I going to poo? What am I going to do? <laughs> All these things coming through your mind. But if you relax, relax, it helps baby come out. But it doesn't necessarily stop whatever you're supposed to experience to experience because it ends up being like Janice is talking about, your testimony, right? What what you experience and tell other mothers and encourage other mothers to talk about their birthing experience too. Yeah, talk about the bad, talk about the good, talk about the bad, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Good and 
not just the bad or not just the good. Because it's it's important to be aware of things that um, have happened, that can happen, and how you can also say, if I'm in this situation, what can I do to help myself? Right? And to forget, this, is, this has happened before. So mm -hmm. you're not, <laughs> exactly. you know. So, yeah. And another thing, get a doctor that you trust. Like, unequivocally. Because mm -hmm. if your plans change and that tends to happen, um, you need to be able to trust your doctor or be able to ask your doctor, what should I do now? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And for your doctor to feel like you have, they have your respect so that if they have a suggestion that goes against your plan, they feel comfortable enough to say it to you. Mm -hmm. You know? for you because i know with with everybody it's kind of different um you you had an ob right not a midwife right i had an ob -GYN. so for for the was it the ob that was there for your delivery or was it another doctor that would just happen to be on shift no. that gave your ob my doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was something i was very grateful for the okay. persons i had in the delivery room were the persons i wanted to be there so there was one nurse holding one foot, <laughs> another nurse holding another, another nurse holding what I was throwing up into. <laughs> oh, my man. husband behind me. My sister-in-law. Yeah. And my doctor. Yeah. Okay. As no, far that... as I remember. That's good. Because I know, like, for example, for myself, I had a midwife, and then because of complications, we had to go to an OB. But my OB was not the person that delivered my son it was whoever was on call and thank god she, the person i i can't even tell you what her name was if i saw her i probably wouldn't remember um <laughs> but all i rem i can tell you her demeanor she was she was good she was actually hands off um because my my experience it was a little bit different from janice is I, I did have a quick delivery, 17 minutes out, 16 minutes, sorry, 16 minutes, and Aiden was out. Um, I know. I didn't know that. Really? Yes. <laughs> Give me <Yeah>. your boob. <laughs> so, so, so here, they told me, they gave me two options. When they, when they checked to see it was 10 centimeters, they said two things. You can either try and start pushing. The chances maybe you maybe push for an hour to an hour and a half. Um, or you can, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Pushing for an hour to an hour and a half. Or you can wait 45 minutes and I'll just allow him to come down further. And I was like, I need to poo. There's no way that I am going to hold this poo in. I know they, I'm they didn't. They didn't, um, they didn't get rid of your poo for you? I didn't poo. I didn't actually have to poo. I just felt like I had to poo for pushing. I had no poo oh, okay, there. Okay. So I'm like, I feel like I need to poo. There's no way I'm holding this in. I'm pushing. So... Knowing that, okay, I'm going to be pushing for an hour and a half. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, and she's like, okay, let's do some test runs. We did one test run, and she goes, oh, I see the baby's head. We're pushing. 16 minutes, out. <laughs> I'm like, and you told me an hour to an hour and a half? No. No, no, no. And like I said, when, when the doctor, it was just the nurses. My first push was just the nurse. When they saw the head, the, o the OB came in, and she actually stood, like, just in front of me while I was pushing, no hands-on. I like nobody was holding me. Adrian was holding my hand on one side. And I had a nurse on the other side, just kind of like touching my head. <laughs> and then I just pushed. 
out, they grabbed baby, put baby on my chest, and that was it. And then I had to like my issues were post post delivery, um, but yeah, <laughs> that was that was my experience to be honest. Laurie blessed some people. <laughs> Would like you to bless me in that way. <laughs> and that's why I wanted like asking these questions. It, it does have people do say that it based on how even my midwife when I was my midwife asking like how was your your mom's birthing experience all of that because there are chances that you can have something yeah. that's similar but yeah. my birth experience was like completely different from my mom in terms of my mom had a c-section um, my mom wasn't able to breastfeed and for me it was i had a vaginal birth a very quick vaginal birth and i just same thing as janice told i wasn't gonna be able to breastfeed and i breastfed <laughs> so who knows what is this? your next one will be that easy in the name of Jesus? Yes, I declare <laughs> in the name of Jesus <laughs> for for sure. For sure, we continue. All you guys are on here, continue to pray for her. That if God blesses her with another child, then she will have an easy peasy birth experience. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. But it's funny, guys, because. When I was talking, to, I normally have like some type of prep in terms of the people that come on for Mommy Matters. But I said to Janice, listen, we're going to wing this. <laughs> we're going to have a good conversation. And I liked it. This was good. This was, this was really good. So thank you so much, Janice, for joining my family on Mommy Matters. It was so good having you. <sighs> Guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Like, I don't, I am feeling so warm right now. Just look at <laughs> like i'm looking at my own face because clearly we look alike <laughs> but thanks mom mom is on here too good job we have lots of family on here janice hi trisha yes hi guys thank you thank you thank you and yes so sarah says if you're in jamaica caris woman wellness ruthann you can check her out for breastfeeding consultation awesome. um there's also Jessica Salmon, I believe. I will send you the link. Yes, Kelly. Thanks for for people in Jamaica. That would be good. If you're in Canada, Tenley does Zoom consultations, <laughs> right, Ten? Yes. <laughs> and she is very passionate, and not just passionate. She's knowledgeable. On her way to be certified, mm -hmm. and she has a lot of information and resources ready for you if you're in. Yes, Honeysuckle for Jessica. Jessica Quinley Salmon, right? If you are in Canada, Tenley is the person to call. If you're in Jamaica, then you can get in touch with Ruthann at um, Caris Women's, well Women's Wellness and Jessica Quinley Salmon for Honeysuckle, Jamaica. Perfect, yes. And I will have these tagged. Um, I'm not going to tell myself because those who have seen this or will be seeing this is on my page but everybody that uh, janice is mentioning i will also have them um in the comments once this live is posted so you can go ahead check them out and get in contact with all of these lovely people who are here to assist you mamas all right guys thank you again for tuning in janice i love you i love you <laughs> so much all right guys have a good night Thanks, Dan. Thanks, guys. Bye.
Hi, Tony. Hi, Bert. Hi, Terry.